mindset rather than skill set is key right now. So how how are you showing up with your team? You know, what's what's the weather you bring into your your um, meeting? You know, in the UK, there's not very many people working in offices at the moment. So there's lots of virtual teams. It's quite hard to connect on a virtual meeting space. You know, what can you do to really get connected and really tune in to how your team are feeling? And, and for me, I think the key thing is to, you know, show up yourself in the way that you want your team to show up. So, you know, lead by example, to, you know, try that growth mindset yourself and maybe share, you know, share some vulnerability back, back to what we were talking about at the, at the beginning. So, um, do you know what, guys, this is new for me, too. I don't quite know what we're doing. I don't know quite how this is going. But, you know, let's find a way of working together. How are you all feeling today? Hello and welcome to the Mind to Lead podcast. I'm Georgie Hubbard and I am on a mission to help you live a level 10 life. If you want to live an extraordinary life, a life full of passion and energy, of joy and abundance, then this is the podcast that teaches you how to do just that. Through my conversations with some extraordinary leaders and my own life experiences, I come to you weekly with all of the teachings, and steps you need to take your life to the next level. So if you are ready to develop the mindset it takes a lead, then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind to Lead podcast. And today I am very excited because I'm sat down with a beautiful woman, a good friend, Jackie Greyer. Jackie is the director of Mindset Practice. She is an emotional intelligence master practitioner and an executive coach. Jackie, amazing to have you here on the podcast. Thank you, Georgina. Delighted to be here today. <laughs> Lovely to see you. And you. So look, for the audience that um, perhaps don't know who you are, could you give a bit of an introduction to who is Jackie, your journey, and uh, yeah, fill us in of uh, what's been going on in your life up until this point? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's always an interesting question, isn't it? Who are you? So where do you start? Yeah. Particularly when you get a bit older. So, um, so I guess I'm, I'm Jackie, I'm Jackie Grier. So Work Jackie is Director of Mindset Practice. So as you say, I'm an executive coach and mindset practice um, uh, practices in emotional intelligence, applied emotional intelligence, actually, so how you really use it. So I'm busy running that side of the business. My career's not always been in that field. So I started my career a long time ago um, as a nurse and a health visitor. But I think there's always been a bit of a thread gone through my work, which is enabling people um, and supporting people, whether that was physically initially as a nurse and now emotionally and psychologically um, and physically, because holistic, as, as you know, mm -hmm. is, you know, the approach to, to go with well-being. So very much that's my background and the journey I've had. Mm -hmm. um, Jackie, personally, I'm a mom, I'm a partner, I've got two grown up girls. Um, so I have lots of time for me now, um, and uh, I'm very keen on fitness. Um, I'm an ex-ninja warrior. We'll yeah. talk about that, I think, in a little <laughs> while. <laughs> and um, I'm just passionate about people, I think, and uh, and life, actually. So, yeah. 
absolutely beautiful and and yeah i can absolutely second that i think you know that yeah your story will ring true to a lot of people so yeah look obviously you're in the people business you love people i think you love drawing the best out of people but you also know the importance of self-care as well which i think you and i have talked about in depth before and that whole important piece of how you can't look after others unless you look after yourself first so let's take it back a step because i think that the ninja warrior story is so i remember you telling it to me and just going wow that that's such a such an incredible story and and leads in beautifully to the whole emotional intelligence piece that I want to go on and pick your brains on so give us an overview what what made you want to start uh, (laughs) that journey and uh, and go on the ninja warrior oh well um yeah interesting I was I was reflecting on this yesterday actually when we were doing some recordings for for some work around well-being and self-care and and resilience things like that so um uh, I'd be about five years ago now, five six years ago. Um, I was training hard. Well, actually, I've always I've always been someone where physical fitness has been important to me, um, and it's helped me feel strong emotionally and psychologically. But I didn't used to realise that. I thought it was a way of keeping fit rather than keeping, you know, mentally fit as well. Um, and uh, I was training hard. I was I was working with a guy who does a lot of functional training and does Ninja Warrior. Um, competitions himself and I was 53 I think at the time and he suggested that I went on the program and I sort of looked at him and went why how (laughs) oh okay why not so I'm someone that likes a challenge and uh, will always take up a challenge and decides to go for it at the time I have to say I was going through a lot of emotional challenges so I was going through a divorce Um, I got made redundant from my job Um, And I was feeling at a pretty low ebb. So if I'm really honest, I threw myself into my fitness as a way of being strong, you know, holding it all together. And Ninja Warrior was part of that. But I went for the auditions. um, I got through. I got taken on to the first show in the UK, um, went along to the live shows. We waited all day to go on. Um, You don't get to try the course before you go on it. You literally just go on it at your time ended up going on about 11 o'clock at night they built me up at the beginning great Jackie we've seen you on Instagram look at those muscles you're gonna do amazing and I got up on the stage and I jumped onto the first step and splash I hit the water and I was out (laughs) and I was gutted you can still find it on YouTube if you look very carefully (laughs) but but what that did was that water literally hit me in the face. It was like a wake up call. Mm. And I realized um, that actually, you know, I had thrown all my effort and all my energy into this be strong. Mm. And I, I fell apart. And for a good while after that, it took me time to get myself back together and to get my confidence back, mm. to get my self-belief back. Because all my self-belief had been wrapped around my performance and my physicality instead of myself and that's I think my learning yeah wow and well what a way to come to that realization (laughs) it was a bit cold yeah wow so I just I'm just picked I'm just visualizing it now so you know you're you're in the water they've built you up you've you've trained hard for this event and then you just literally just take that one leap and you're straight you're out of the competition like when you were lying there, I bet, did, did, did time almost slow down? Were you just like, what was sort of going on for your mind at that point? 
I think, I, I mean, if I think about it, I think in my mind, the moment when I fell off the step, because I fell mm. back off the step into the water, I can repeat in slow motion in my mind that, oh, you know, and, and then hitting the water uh, and the coldness, the coldness and the shock and the, um, it was literally like a slap in the face, wake up wake up, you know, this is not the way to carry on. And then afterwards, you know, feelings of shame, of, you know, letting people down, of, um, you know, not fulfilling what I wanted to do, disappointment, all those things came to a fore before I was able to process it, really, I think. Of course. And, and, and they're the um, emotions that people really struggle with. So I, I just like, it's such an inspiring story. And I'd love that now to sort of talk about that, that piece. So when you obviously, you realize that your whole self worth was tied up in this, this competition, and you'd thrown yourself into your fitness to get through a period of your life that was really challenging. How did you deal with those, like those, those lower emotions, that shame, that disappointment? Like, what was that process like? Because I speak about this now because I think there's a lot of people right now who have lost their businesses, who have lost their job and, you know, and, and, and a lot of their self-belief is tied up in, in, in their business and in their job and it, it becomes their identity. So what process did you go through to, yeah, to come out the other end and, and now go and be the person you are today and teach emotional intelligence? It's incredible. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not an easy process. You know, I think you have to unpick bit by bit really mm. you know um first I think the first thing the word that comes to my head Georgina really is acceptance mm. so acceptance of where you are and how you're feeling mm. um and what's happening to you um and that you're still okay um and that you don't have to do it alone so I think they would be the three biggest learnings that I've you know from that experience and what's enabled me to go forward now and I try to take those um, aspects even now you know in everyday life when I have a difficult day you know my habit in those days was to do it all myself to hold it all together to not ask for help you know I'm fine um, I'm not anxious you know I'm standing up on a stage talking in front of people but I'm absolutely fine at where inside you know I'm being torn apart so actually, I've learned now before I go into a presentation, if I say, you know, I'm really pretty nervous. I was a bit nervous this morning, I have to yeah. admit, you know, before coming on your podcast, it actually calms my brain and my, my, my voice and my mind and I'm able to do more. So acceptance of where you are and what you're mm -hmm. feeling, you know, seeking support when you need it and, you know, and really using those emotions in a much more positive way. I think I've answered your question. I'm not sure if I have, yeah. but that's what I would take from it so. yeah you absolutely have and, and, and I and I preach I do preach the same thing because acceptance isn't an easy thing to do and a lot of people think it's a sign of almost weakness I don't want to accept where I am and and then they throw themselves into something else and you know so it's such a fascinating one so how what was that process like so let's just say you've accepted it and that's the, so people have done that okay I'm accepting that I've lost my job I'm accepting that I don't know when this pandemic's going away I'm accepting that my business isn't um, growing or it's declining what then do you do because no one wants to feel you know in those lower emotions for long so is there any like daily practices or daily things that helped you then once accepting something then sort of get get back up and just keep on going like what was that next process what was that sort of that next step almost for you well, I think I think the biggest thing I've learned over the years is that you always have a choice. 
so you always have a choice how you react to something it's not always easy sometimes it feels very very difficult and those choices can be really hard but and sometimes you can choose to do nothing um, because you haven't got the energy or you're just too you know low that day to actually take any action but if you're doing that with awareness then that's okay so you know thinking that you know I have some some sort of option right now you know of what I can do I'm I'm not someone that gives up so actually, you know, when um, when I hit rock bottom, for me, it's like, um, I mean, I, I know you love Brenny Brown. I do, too. You know, she talks about, you know, being face down on that arena floor. Well, I was face down in the water. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where we learn. Because when we hit rock bottom, if we choose to, is when we learn or when we draw on the resources that we have within us, which we all have if we if we allow ourselves to see them. So... Yeah, that's what what I try to do. I try to think about, you know, what are my choices each day? Mm. Um, you know, what what could I do differently? And I, I obviously, you know, you talked about self care. Great believer in self care to help you have that balance and to help you have that stability to make those choices. Mm. So, being um, spending more time on myself. I was doing some um, recording yesterday for the NHS, and we were looking at the fact that you know a lot of NHS workers, and I'm an ex nurse. Because we're so conscientious, we give so much to others. But if you don't give to yourself, you can't give to others. You're empty. You know, and it's not selfish. My mind used to tell me it was selfish to look after myself. Absolutely it's not. Because then I can give even more to the world and to people. So absolutely yeah. you, you touched on something earlier that I just want to draw back to as well because I think it's a really important piece of, of, of the whole emotional intelligence piece actually as well and and uh, and the whole and mindset as well you said awareness so let's let's talk about that whole self-awareness piece because I I think that self-awareness is, is the key to self-mastery I think when you are aware of your emotions good or bad you know you really can then move forward in life but how how important is it to become self-aware and is there any advice that you give to people to improve their self-awareness? The, the biggest piece of advice I give to people is slow down. Mm. The only way that you will pick up on your emotional state is by slowing down. You know, we're, we're taught or we get used to delivering at pace um, in the modern world and I think one of the things that, you know, the last few months has taught me, you know, my life before COVID was dashing around the country, delivering workshops, packing cases, going from one thing to the next. I've now spent six months at home. I love it. You know, I have my both beautiful office. Yeah. You know, I have the, the space around me. I can slow down and I can take my time to do things. Now, obviously, we don't always have those choices, but we have choices each day to take pause points and to slow down. And if we do that, and if we really become present with what our emotions are and what our body's telling us, our body gives us so many signals, you know, even just, you know, tapping our fingers on the desk is telling us that something's going on for us. So what's going on for me? How can I slow down? So slow down would be my biggest tip because we, we just all get so fast. Mm. I completely agree. And, and I will put my hand up and say I am sometimes 90 miles an hour. <laughs> as, as, as you <laughs> Me know, too. Yeah. And, and, and patience is not my strong point. I'm really, really working on it. And and I have a tendency when I start to feel uncomfortable to push harder. 
And I have done that in the past to the point that it has then caused me anxiety and tight chestedness and all of these these there's just this tightness in my body so you know it, it this is this is the thing I think that what I realized and I'd love your thoughts on this as well is that when I began to slow down because what I used to do with my anxiety is I'd go oh no not this again oh not this feeling again and I'd busy myself with work and I'd throw myself into another project and it actually wasn't until I slowed down and accepted okay what is going on inside of me right now how am I feeling and actually accepted that like you said that actually my anxiety started to completely uh, slow down and eventually, well, pretty much disappear. But that's a really, really hard thing to do because people don't want to stay there long enough to feel it. So what advice do you give to like, you know, yourself and and, and to, to leaders when they are feeling that anxiety? Like, you know, is it important to sit there and feel it? And, and how long should you go through that process for? Um, all emotions are valid is what I would say so you know they all have a place so there it's important to pay attention to all of it it's not I don't like to think of emotions as positive or negative because they're all data Mm. Um, and I think there's a difference between paying attention to our emotions and dwelling on them or, or becoming overwhelmed by them so anxiety is telling me something your anxiety might be because I want to do a really good job you know so my intention is that I want to show up and I want to perform really well or I want to deliver for my boss or I want to you know love and support my family and my partner so you know anxiety it's it's about getting to know what your emotions are telling you and seeing them more as a friend because if we if we start to push them away as you're you're you've experienced you know, they actually grow in their power and their energy, a bit like pressure cookers, and they come up, hit us on the chin, you know, and then eventually, and we don't have that control over them. Whereas if I can notice that anxiety, you know, I get anxiety a bit in my chest, in my stomach. So you start to get those indicators. Okay, so what's going on now? What's that anxiety telling me? Oh, I'm a bit nervous about, you know, coming on this podcast this morning. All right. Well, what do I need to do? Mm. So, you know, getting friendly, I think, with our emotions and using them as as an ally rather than as something that we've often learned to push away. That's culture often. Yeah, I completely agree. And I love what you just said then about emotions being data, you know, and you can use them to like you say, to, to understand yourself better or to, and you, you, that they're not bad. There's no such thing as good or bad. And I love your formula because you talk about we're either in growth or we're in survival. Could, could you um, give, just explain that whole, like that, that whole breakdown of, you know, like how can people identify when they're in the growth emotions and what they typically look like and when they're in those survival emotions and what they sort of look like? Yeah, absolutely. So that relates to our mindset. So we believe that our mindset, which is fundamentally related to our self-belief. So if I if I like and value myself without um, any conditions being placed on it, so I accept myself as I am, even though I didn't get past the first obstacle on Ninja Warrior, I'm still okay. I'm still a pretty strong woman, fit for my age. You know, I'm still okay. So, you know, what's my my mindset um, around situations and um, how I am day to day? So if I'm in a survival mindset around that situation, I'd have probably beaten myself up for months, you know, being very judgmental of myself, giving myself a hard time. 
oh, you failed again. You didn't succeed. It's that old pattern. Oh, it was the fault of the people on the show because you, um, they put you on late at night and you were tired. I don't take any personal responsibility for what's happened. And I get stuck in a loop of being overwhelmed, perhaps by negative emotions um, and staying in my comfort zone. Whereas if I'm in growth and in a growth mindset and I'm thinking of that ninja warrior situation um, and it took me a little while to get there, but I did get there. I tried my hardest. I trained for months to get into that. Actually, I had a lapse of attention when I went onto the step, but that's okay. That happens sometimes. So if I was to go into it again, and I did apply again, um, if I was to go into it again, you know, what would I do differently now? How could I learn from that? What do I need right now to help me get through this? So I'm much more objective. I'm more assertive about my needs and I'm seeking the support and working with others. So survival, I'm much more stuck and defensive growth and much more open and collaborative mm, amazing I just, I just think that's such a beautiful way of defining finding it and look let's be honest um I think there's a lot of people listening to this right now myself included you know who have been in probably more of a survival <laughs> uh you know throughout these last sort of six months understandably and all feelings want to be felt and wherever you are right now is is perfectly okay but let's just say you know somebody is feeling they're waking up every day you know that they're, they're really not feeling good they're they're just just not in a good place right now they they are in survival where should they begin you know in order to just feel just start to feel a bit more positive to start to feel like they they can get through this like if, if it's for somebody listening to this right now that's like Jackie I'm definitely in survival I'm feeling anxious I'm not feeling in a good place right now what advice would you give to them um, I guess the first thing to say is that you know survival and growth it's not a right or a wrong so you know we all all go throughout them you know every day because we're human beings and that's the way our brains designed so it's it's designed to protect us you know, it, it's seeking out things that are going to be at threat. So right now, given, you know, the situation with COVID and the global pandemic, there's a lot of threats going on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we can get into the habits of being a bit, you know, hyper vigilant mm -hmm. and, and almost, you know, paying attention to those threats more. Mm -hmm. So our first thing I would say is, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier. So acceptance that actually I am in survival because there is a lot going on that I can't control. I feel unsafe. You know, I'm anxious, perhaps about my income, about health, mm -hmm. can't see family, you know, all those things. They're very valid reasons to be in survival. But actually, um, you know, moving on, you know, what, how do I then feel about that? So what emotions am I feeling around those, that survival experience? And then what choices do I have? So what could I do each day to help me through this situation? So you and Kyle are doing amazing stuff with supporting people with exercise and, you know, helping their well-being going through. Could I do 10 minutes exercise for myself a day? Could I take um, a you know a, the short walk around the block each day if I'm allowed to do it could I make sure that I have a you know a drink of my favorite drink each day could I do something mm. to nurture and look after myself read a book mm. you know phone up a friend I haven't spoken to for a while what's the one thing that I could do that could help me right now and often the smallest thing will make the biggest difference mm. I, I I completely agree and I, I do think that um 
you, know, you spoke about exercise in the stars. Well, exercise has always been a very, very big thing for me and definitely been a form of meditation, I would say, over the years in a way yeah. so I, I go and release. So I think exercise is definitely a big thing there. And yeah, it, it, it's just look, it, it's a very, very interesting time that we're living through right now. And, you know, I, I, get, I obviously work with a lot of leaders, a lot of hiring managers, a lot of people who are looking out for teams. And, and look, let, let's get into that because you do also a lot of like, you know, executive coaching. You go in, you do lots of training for companies. And, you know, I mean, goodness, like this is, wow, if, if anybody now needs what you do, it's, it's now. So, you know, <laughs> let's just say that, you know, you were in a room with loads of executives and leaders and, you know, they, they were really struggling you know, to, to really like, I guess, look after their teams, like what skills should they be developing? What would you be saying to them if you were coaching them right now? Well, I would, I would say there are lots of skills they could be developing, but actually mm. I think their mindset's even more important. Mm. So mindset rather than skill set is key right mm. now. So how, how are you showing up with your team? You know, what's what's the weather you bring into your your um, meeting? You know, in the UK, there's not very many people working in offices at the moment. So there's lots of virtual teams. Mm. It's quite hard to connect on a virtual meeting mm. space. You know, what can you do to really get connected and really tune in to how your team are feeling? And, and for me, I think the key thing is to, you know, show up yourself in the way that you want your team to show up. So, you know, lead by example, to, you know, try that growth mindset yourself and maybe share, you know, share some vulnerability back to what we were talking about at the, at the beginning. So, um, do you know what, guys, this is new for me, too. I don't quite know what we're doing. I don't know quite how this is going. But, you know, let's find a way of working together. How are you all feeling today? You know, how often do we actually use that in the workplace? We say, how are you doing? what you've been doing but we very very rarely say how are you feeling yeah. and you know let's let's spend some time on that before we get into the doing yeah. so that would be I think an initial tip yeah absolutely and then the common answer is I'm fine <laughs> which kind of yeah. does it, that's the thing like we, we've got no vocabulary to communicate how we're actually feeling so okay so if you're a leader and and you go all right Jackie I'm gonna next time I'm on my zoom call with my team I'm gonna say right everyone how's everyone feeling today and I get the words fine okay what's the next step like because I think this is this is the challenge that people are really starting to I'm, what I'm hearing like where do I go from there like do I pry do I continue to ask? Do I say something if I think that somebody's a little bit off? Like, what is the right thing to do? This is this is the million dollar question, right? So what what would you say to those leaders that they get, I'm fine, that sort of standard answer back? Uh, well, there are lots of, um, you know, resources out there to help you get mm. some language. So you could use something visual to you know to draw on there are feelings wheels there are mm. lists of emotions words all sorts of things like that start with yourself so mm. start by saying you know today you know I feel like this you know what I want to get out of this meeting is this you know what I hope for is this so mo again modeling it but use resources um, you know a little bit of encouragement so you could set some rules at the start of the meeting say okay we're going to play a game today we're going to think about how we're all feeling um, because you know this is unusual times right now um, and you're not allowed to use fine or okay 
So you set the ground rules yeah. from the start or fair to mid middling as a, yeah. an Irish friend used yeah. to talk about. So, you know, set the ground rules initially, make it fun. Mm. It doesn't have to be heavy. Emotional stuff doesn't have to be yeah. heavy. We're talking about positive, you know, emotions too. So, mm. yeah, that's what I would do. Make a game of it. Yeah, I love that. So if you're a leader, like you come on board, right? Right, everyone, how's everyone feeling? And before we get into it, fine and okay and not allowed. And then they could open with today, I'm feeling, I'm feeling quite optimistic today, everybody. Or if they are having a bad yeah. morning, I'm actually feeling a little bit um, sad today because this happened. Uh, because I've just found out that Melbourne's going back into lockdown for two weeks. You know, instead of just brushing it under the carpet and pretending that everyone's okay, you know, I think that there does need to be this safety zone where people can express how they feel without judgment and that's yeah that's the key right so when you go into these organizations do you find you get a lot of pushback from 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 people that I don't want to talk about emotions emotions aren't for me like what what do, what do you get when oh, you go yes. in and do these workshops <laughs> <laughs> well it depends very much on the organization but yeah you quite often do you know I've done quite a bit of work in um with scientists and engineers and everything's very logical and we yeah. do it just like this yeah. or um, you know construction guys and we don't do emotions you know yeah. all that fluffy stuff mm. so but you do we're doing emotions all the time so you know every time you're sharing something you're sharing an emotion you're smiling at me beautifully now you know that's sharing an emotion of pleasure you know joy yeah. at the conversation we're having yeah. so we're, we're sharing emotions even if we're not expressing the word yeah. we just got used to learning that you know emotions are not something we bring into the workplace but you can't do anything without an emotion no. you know emotions precede thoughts so you know they are part of us yeah absolutely. so I just gently gently nudge them and maybe maybe laugh laughter is often the best way forward there and it's meeting people where they're at if they're not ready to be open everybody has a different preference for openness I used to have a I'm quite an open person Mm. and I used to find it quite frustrating that people open up open up tell me how you're feeling you know I want to fix you but now I realize that you know you've got to meet people where they're at and you know a little bit of openness for some person is a big ask and for other people you know there's a lot of sharing so it's as a leader you need to be aware of your own preference of openness and where your team might be yeah absolutely well look I just think your work is just I mean you're already doing incredible things you're working with some amazing companies and you know just really really helping people develop the the emotional intelligence and I think it's come such a long way you know like I mean now I'm getting asked of people you know one of the biggest skills um, at the moment I'm getting asked for is you know people with emotional intelligence resilience I mean resilience is going to be a huge one because we all need to be resilient right now because you know it's well, we don't know what's around the corner. So it is that whole resilience. But I think empathy, I'd love to talk to you about empathy a little bit, because there's a lot of leaders out there who are saying, oh, let's all be more empathetic. But what does empathy actually mean to you? And 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 how is it different from sympathy? Because I think this is a really key piece where a lot of people go wrong. So could you explain the difference? Um, yes, I think so. <laughs> So, um, well, em- empathy to me is, uh, particularly in emotional intelligence term, uh, terms, is about being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes. So being able to understand, you know, what they're feeling. 
Um, and in order to do that, you need to understand what you're feeling. So actually, building empathy as a leader or developing empathy as a skill starts with yourself. Because if, if I'm not paying attention to my own emotional state and I'm worried about what you're going to um, do um, uh, uh, with what I'm saying or how you're feeling about, you know, working with me and I'm becoming more overwhelmed by my own emotions, I'm not going to be able to tune into how you're really feeling. And I might be likely to brush over it or close you down or you know, talk over you because actually I'm really anxious and nervous. Mm. So, you know, empathy would be, um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I feel quite anxious right now. I wonder how you're feeling. Mm. Can, you know, let's let's have a conversation about it. You know, I noticed that, you know, when you said that, you know, this is this is how you looked. Are you feeling anxious at the moment or are you feeling upset? You know, is, have I got that right? Mm. So you don't actually have to be an expert mm. to be empathetic. You know, you can check it out with people. But I think for me, it's very much about being in someone else's shoes, mm. allowing them space and time to talk and express that rather than sympathy. Whereas, yeah, I know what that's like. Yeah. And closing the conversation down, mm. I think, would be the way I would look at it. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong because they're like, yeah, me too. You know, I've been there. I felt that. And they don't actually then it's the, then you're making it about you and not about them. And that's not what empathy is. Yeah. Empathy is putting, yeah, your your um, you're sort of seeing it from their point of view. So, I think that's just yeah, really really powerful. And I just think that if if everybody could, you know, develop their self awareness, develop their their the you know their skills, it, it just just in understanding their emotions and giving it more of a language and seeing it as data, not as this negative thing that they don't want to to show because like you say we are emotional beings and if we don't want robots yeah. and ai to take over like everyone's panicking about robots taking over well let's all sort of maybe start being a bit more empathetic to one another and and really if, and if this pandemic's taught us anything it's like that we're, we're so connected you know like yeah. i keep saying it we're yeah. so connected um i mean yeah you, i think it's you... made people more hasn't it yeah, yeah. sorry but, but, no, but I'm curious as well. What else have you learned about yourself during this time? Because obviously you've had a lot of time to reflect, to learn, to grow. Like what's been your key learnings over the last six months? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess just to build on what you were saying just now, Georgina, I think the one thing as well about, you know, the emotional piece is that with emotional intelligence, it's not just about emotions. No. So it's very much about action too. So, you know, that, I think the challenge in the workplace is, you know, it's all this fluffy stuff. But there's, you, you can think and feel as much as you like, but if you don't do anything differently, nothing will ever change. Mm -hmm. So that's a really key piece, I think, when we're thinking about the emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, what, what have I learned over the last few months? Gosh, um, I've learned that. I think the biggest thing, you know, for us as a business, um, you know, with, with obviously the situation, we were coming up to our biggest year ever. We had a diary full of work. We had, you know, lots of opportunities and possibilities. We just launched our website. We were feeling really positive. COVID hit and ping, 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 ping. Everything went out the diary. Um, it wasn't postponed. It was delayed, but we couldn't do face to face work like so many of us. Um, and the biggest thing, I think, was that um, when we were able to pause and stop, it created this massive space for creativity. 
And actually what's come out of it now is a really big opportunity to now have a different lifestyle, mm. to deliver our work in a different way and to reach far more people. Now, I'm not saying that process hasn't been hard because it's been really hard. Mm. And some days it's been like, oh, what are we doing? But we've now got to a place where yeah, actually we think we can do more work at a, you know, a bigger scale and reach more people um, through the situation that's now occurred with, with virtual solutions that we now have, which we would never, ever have looked at because we were too much in the busyness yeah. and too much in the doing. Yeah. So the slowing down has allowed us to take a different route. So that's my biggest learning. When you get a break, even if it's hitting a brick wall, even if it's hitting the water, stop, pause, what what actually could you take out of that situation mm. and actually yeah there's a pattern there isn't there even going yeah. back to ninja warrior yeah. so yeah absolutely I, I keep saying I just keep this this has been a giant pause for everybody and there's been some people who have absolutely loved it there's some people that have found this time very very challenging and you know everyone's going through different things and that's perfectly okay so yeah but I think yeah wow what, what a beautiful way to to round it all up I just think you know pause accept listen you know build that awareness and and yeah just such a just such powerful messages and takeaways so Jackie if people want to reach out to you and find out more about you know the mindset practice and the work that you're doing where, where can they go where can they find you you can find me on LinkedIn so Jackie Grier G-R-I-E-R on LinkedIn um, mindsetpractice.com is our website um, I'm also on Twitter although I don't do a lot of Twitter so mainly <laughs> LinkedIn and our, and our website so uh, you'll fi find me on there so I'd be delighted to answer any questions reach out to me happy to help anybody if they need any support or information so, amazing yeah, great Jackie, thank you Georgina it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much and for all of my listeners out there I hope that you enjoyed this episode it's, it's such an important topic right now so stay strong we're all in this together and uh, have a beautiful day Jackie thank you so much Thank you so much for listening to the Mind to Lead podcast. I really hope you got some great takeaways and key learnings from this episode. To help us spread the message, please give us a rating and leave us a review. We love reading your thoughts and your insights and your learnings. And look, reach out to me. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm Georgie Hubbard. Reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Georgie L. Hubbard. Let's connect. I hope you have an incredible day and I look forward to speaking to you all again soon. Thank you.